0: Yo, fellas, this is a little bit weird. So for everybody that's uh, not paying attention, we, uh, due to some technical difficulties, we are doing this one on audio only. So this is the first time in a couple months that I am not seeing your uh, your lovely, beautiful faces. I can only imagine Jacob's has not gotten his hair cut. Um, he's sitting in his wooden chair with the drapes closed behind him because we are recording this. I believe, Jacob, it's almost 10 o'clock by you.
1: It is. It is nine fifty six right now.
0: I'm getting, I'm getting better, better at that whole British time zone. I bet Brett. I bet you got the nice, uh, the nice NBA straight edge hat on. I, which team maybe? Is an OKC one or a Chicago Bulls one?
2: Oh no, man. I, shit, I'm just here in a tank top. My little area is a mess, man. I'm not uh-huh. on. I'm not on. I'm not on video. <laughs> so I'm just like you know in a slovenly state right now. But um, you know, get, take a break from having to put on that pretty face. I love it. I love man it, dude.
0: Shaved, I, I got. Uh, I'm sweaty as fuck. I've been working outside in the yard, dude. I got the milkman hat on. I got a bro tank on. I mean, Jacob, I'm a. I'm just a typical American dude right now, man. You'd you'd love it.
1: You are. You are. You're repping the only successful team out of Milwaukee.
0: Oh well, dude. Milwaukee. I don't know, man. Giannis just came. For those of you that uh, don't know, we are uh, recording this a little bit later than usual. the The Bucks Nets second half is on right now, and Giannis just came down the court, took three dribbles, and just drilled the three. Bucks are up seventy-two to sixty-seven. But shout out to you, Chase. This is not a Milwaukee Bucks podcast. We are here to talk about um kind of the teams that we think should just blow it up. So if you've kind of been following us the last couple pods, we talked about um the teams that are probably the bottom feeders that are that are kind of gonna that we think could make sort of a jump. And now this time we're gonna talk about the middle of the road teams who we feel um, should probably blow it up. This was Jacob's idea. Um, this is this is his podcast to finally have a breakout and not just kind of sit and not say anything. <laughs> uh, uh, so I mean, Jacob, where do you where do you want to start, man? I mean, do you want to start in the West? Let's go with the West. Um, we have because um, I know there's a certain team that Brett. Um, I think even Brett is conceding a little bit. I, I think the the candidates that we have are Portland, the Spurs, and Sacramento. Um, just just to give everyone. Just go run through most of the teams so everyone understands where we're coming from here. Um, Utah, no. Phoenix, no. Denver, no. Clippers, no. Dallas, no. Lakers, no. Portland, eh. Memphis, they're young. They got John Morant. Like, they're a young team, buddying team. Um, Golden State, uh, no. And then uh, San Antonio, and eh. New Orleans, Zion, obviously not. And then we talked about uh, kind of OKC, Minnesota, and Houston on the last pod. So, I mean, Jacob, any one of those three teams, man, why don't you give your opinion on it?
1: Well, I'm going to go with the easy ones first. I'm gonna leave gonna leave the heartbreaker one to Brett to talk about, like the actual candidate. But um Sacramento, I don't I don't think we I mean we were discussing before we started what can Sacramento really do blowing it up wise, like they are not trading Fox, they're not trading Halliburton, at least they shouldn't, because they're both really young, really talented guards. They could trade Barnes, they could trade healed they could trade you know whoever but that's more retooling around the roster they have around Fox and Halliburton they're not really going to be looking to blow up maybe they'll trade for a pick for one of these guys and try to rebuild that's not blowing up if you're not trading Fox you're not blowing up so that's that's my take straight away on the Kings blowing up potential I don't know if you guys think anything different than that
2: Yeah, I agree, man. If anything, it would just be like a retooling. I think your two most important building blocks are certainly De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. And yeah, I really don't think either of those guys is going anywhere for a long time. I think Buddy Heald is probably the guy that would be most likely to be dealt. Uh, And maybe, you know, maybe we can find a home for him on one of these other teams we're going to be talking about because. You know, still not positive he's super happy there. And uh, you know, they've already got a couple of great guards that I just mentioned and and maybe he doesn't want to be like that third wheel because I think we can agree that that he is kind of number three behind behind Halliburton and Fox in the guard rotation. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. At least going forward, you know. Yeah. So I mean nothing major i don't think maybe a healed trade but again that's that certainly doesn't meet the definition of blowing it up well, what
0: I mean, about jacob i got a question for you i mean i i don't want to switch teams if you've got anything more to say about the kings um shout out to you court i don't really have much to say about it i think that uh you know Halliburton's <laughs> yeah, right. my dude man shout out to wisconsin but uh, you you mentioned something before we were recording about another team in the east i i won't say that i'll let you say that but you know with san antonio as long as greg Popovich is the head coach it kind of seems like san is not going to be bad enough to to get a, a lottery a high lottery pick. So so if you were running the Spurs, so to speak, I mean, what what do you think is wrong with them? What would you do? What what's your take on San Antonio?
1: Well I talked about San Antonio actually on a, a couple of by the numbers pods ago. I talked about them on the why tanking doesn't work, which is kind of ironic given now we're talking about what teams we're gonna blow up. But <laughs> I use San Antonio as an example of teams kind of the better way to build a team. And that is that. kind of going through all the picks they've had and what they've gotten from those picks. They're performing well above expectations with Murray, Derek White, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, uh, Devin Vassell looks like a really nice young player. All these guys like they are, I don't know if it's that they are really good at drafting or really good at developing or a mixture of both, but they just seem to like, they've used the 29th pick to draft like three starters in a row That is unbelievable. That is like totally unprecedented, I think, in NBA history, what the Spurs are doing right now. I think they're too good to blow it up. Like all those players I just named, I think Derek White is 25 or 26. He's the oldest guy. You've got, you know, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell, they're all like 20, 21. You can't really blow this team up unless they really believe at this point, no, these guys are not good enough. Like they're nice young players. There's not anyone here that's gonna take us to that next level, and we need to get to that next level. If they, if they're not sure about that, this team is going nowhere. May, you know, DeRozan gets traded, whatever, whatever. This team, I think, I think they're gonna kind of start treading water, honestly, in the playoffs because I don't think these guys are gonna take a massive jump. But also, like you say, this team is not bad enough to go down in the cellar with Houston and with uh, Minnesota and OKC, I don't think this team will ever be bad enough to do that. I think, and they draft too well, they develop too well to do that. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing, hoping they stumble on, you know, the next Jokic, the next, you know, uh, Giannis with the 15th pick, that kind of thing. I think that's probably the model San Antonio are going to go with going forward, honestly.
2: Yeah, well, and and the thing with, San Antonio that I've always or at least in recent years thought has been holding them back is the presence of some of these veterans like DeMar DeRozan, uh, Rudy Gay, um, LaMarcus Aldridge until recently. LaMarcus Aldridge is gone, sadly retired now, Uh, and then Gay and DeRozan and also Patty Mills all come off the books this summer. So first of all, that gives them quite a bit of cap room. Um, To pursue free agents. I think they should be able to sign a max free agent, you know, uh, if if such a player was wanted to come to San Antonio. And then also, it just sort of clears up that log jam. There was a lot of redundancy there where when you look at Lonnie and Derek White and Keldon, you know, those guys essentially play the same position as like DeRozan and Gay, you know, twos, threes, wings. Um, small ball fours, even in the case of Keldon. So, yeah, it's going to clear a lot of space, I think, on the court and in their rotation and also on their books. So I think, yeah, their best course of action would really just be to stay the course, you know, with with DeJounte and and um, Derek White and Lonnie and Keldon and Yaka Pertl, sort of like their young core, um, try to land a, a free agent, uh, you know, maybe whether it's like um, John Collins or, uh, I mean, I know the Cavs have, are pretty set on bringing back Jared Allen. But if you could maybe pry a guy like that away, uh, you know, maybe maybe that's where you look is like a to bring in a big because you're pretty set, I think, one through four with those young guys and Pertle's great. But I just don't know if he's a guy that, you know, you want playing uh, 30 plus minutes a game. I think he's more of like a, a 20 minute per game guy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do anything too drastic if I were them. I would just keep developing these guys. They're still all so young. I mean, they're all in their early 20s. And then um, and see what you can bring in in the free agency market because I believe they're going to have more cap space than just about any team in the league this summer.
1: Yeah, I, I believe it's them in New York with yeah. really big cap space, and both of them, weirdly, like New York and San Antonio might just be attractive destinations to some free agents. And like you say, they're going to have a lot of room. They have very tradable contracts. Dejounte Murray, Derek White are in that like sweet zone of being about fifteen million dollar contracts going forward and locked in for a few years so where like you could attach one of them plus a young player plus a pick and get like a real star player back so this team and like you say they are gonna have 50 plus million in cap room this team could easily turn it around going forward and like like we said they're just they're too well coached right now Greg Popovich's teams are not gonna be bad enough they're just gonna pick up too many wins against unprepared teams to ever really get a high draft pick so i'm not sure why they're gonna you know purposefully sabotage themselves to try to take a chance on a high draft pick when they already have a system that works i just don't see that happening yeah that's
2: the thing man all these guys have just been sort of trained in that system and even though they're they're young they've all been part of you know at least a pretty good team i think even now they're 500 um you know sort of right on the outskirts of the playoffs but you know it's like they're they're already in this winning culture they already are playing Spurs basketball so yeah you just you make a trade for a, a star you bring a star in in free agency and and that right there could catapult you to you know maybe even like a top five or six team in the West um they've got a lot going for them and they're just probably a little bit of firepower short of really making noise
0: Jesus Christ sorry guys sorry sorry what happened? Dude,
2: dude,
0: Giannis and Durant are just going back and forth, dude. Durant's got 28. Giannis has 36 right now, dude. This Woo! is just
2: – they are Damn. just
0: going back and forth. You know, I,
2: I wanted to put the game on. Like I was – I really wanted to watch it, but I just knew oh, it you guys, you guys me.
0: are the stars, man. That's what you guys I'm – just, I'm just here to kind of fucking cap in the ship a little bit and just kind of, you know, go from here, do some Manscaped ads, and, you know, kind of call it – no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, Brett, though, the, the, your team – I mean, I'm sure kind of everybody knows um, that there's been a lot of talk about you know, do does do the Trailblazers, uh, you know, can they win with a small backcourt such as Damon CJ? I mean, you are the biggest diehard Portland Trailblazers fan. I know you don't like any other team but the Portland Trailblazers. <laughs> well, you're you're sitting in that spot, right? I mean, I, I've heard you say on some other threads that you think you think Terry Stotts is probably going to be gone after this year. I, I mean, what would Kind of sounds like you kind of want to blow it up, but you haven't said that. What What would you do if you were running the Portland Trailblazers?
2: Oh man, yeah, it's. I hate to say it, but I think it's time to blow it up, and that yeah. doesn't. Incl- <laughs> and that does include um, bringing in a new coach as well. They're in kind of a wild situation. Like if you look at their books, like beyond next season, beyond you know the twenty one twenty two season. Dame and CJ are the only guys under contract on that whole team. I think they might have a team option on Nas Little, but that's it. So I do think they're in a position to really reshape their team, uh, you know, essentially from the ground up. I think I do, I do want to keep Dame there, though. I just want to rebuild around Dame. I just want to – I think we should try it again, you know, with a different roster. I think you got to move CJ. Um, I mean, it's a lot. You know, it's a lot that needs to happen – but I think that's kind of the big domino, is moving CJ. And, of course, the question is, what can you get back for CJ? Um, I think you can get quite a bit back for CJ. You know, he's he's played extremely well this season when he's been healthy. Um, he's still fairly young. So one guy, <laughs> and maybe this is just more the type of player, because it's like you don't want to just trade him for – another guard that doesn't play a lot of defense. Like if you're going to do this, um, you've really got to go all in on it and and change the identity of your team. Uh, Like Damian Lillard's defense is much maligned, but I think if you put a good defensive team around him, um, he's not going to be that much of a detriment. I just think when you have a bad defensive team around him, his woeful defense is exacerbated. So I don't even know if you want to worry too much about getting another guard. I think maybe a wing is the answer. And then you got to look at a high-level wing that maybe doesn't fit quite right in his current situation. And one guy, and I'm not saying this is the case yet. We're going to have to see what happens in the playoffs and the rest of this season. But if this other team falls short, um, maybe it could happen. That other team is the Boston Celtics, and the player I'm thinking of is Jalen Brown.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Oh, I, no, hey. they're my other have, team. You don't have any. You don't have any alliances to the Celtics, do you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're
2: my Eastern Conference team, and I, I kind of want my teams to do a swap. Like, just say the Celtics have a disappointing end to the season. I'm certainly not saying that's going to be the case, but if it did play out that way, I think Jalen's the guy they need to look to move if they're going to retool their team. Um, maybe CJ would. Fit nicely on that squad, I could see it. So that's like the type of player I think that Portland could use. I mean, I think anybody could use Jalen, a young three and D wing. Um, I mean, you can't really say a bad thing about the guy or his game. He's phenomenal. Uh, I think the salaries would match up closely enough. You could certainly make it work. I do think um, Jalen, you know, again for instance, but this is the guy I have my eyes on. uh, You know, is probably a little more valuable as a trade piece than CJ. So you'd probably want to attach something to that to CJ to really make it more desirable. Maybe you throw in Anthony Simons or maybe you want to keep Anthony Simons around long term to sort of slot in for CJ and you could attach like Nas Little or somebody like that just to make it a little more more desirable. So that's the direction I'd like to see them go is move CJ for a two-way wing who's young but not so young that he can't align with. Dames timeline. And look, Dame's 30 right now. He's going to be 31 next season and then 32 that that next season after that. At which point I think they could have a completely different team around him and I just think they they owe it to him. You know, they've put good teams around him. They've made the playoffs in seven straight seasons. Uh but they have lost in the in the first round in four of those seasons. So it's like they're just that team that's they're good, but they're kind of just in that purgatory which I don't know if you can call that purgatory that first and second round but that's just the level team that they are and I think they've you know underachieved a little bit a couple years and overachieved a little bit a couple years but I think that's about where they have always sort of been and uh I just think they owe it to Dame to at least try to get the team to the to the next level to where they're a, a real true contender and maybe they would have been by now if not for some injuries but things have happened the way they've happened
1: and uh and this is where we're at. Yeah, uh, it's See, I am definitely more extreme on this in that I would trade Dame because like you say, like I totally agree. They owe it to Dame if they think they can build a team around him totally because like I don't think Portland has totally underachieved. Like you say, like they've been a good team. They but it's more that Dame is a player who is definitely good enough to be a one slash one A on a championship team, and he's not that on this Portland team. Like, so, so it makes you feel. I think it makes as a fan you feel like you are missing out because you have this guy who is so talented. Like, he is. Like, well, I was looking at it today, actually, in the run up to this, and you know, on Basketball Reference they have um, they added this whole adjusted shooting stuff where you can see like how many more points this player is adding with their shooting above an average player. The Portland team for this season is their shooting is about eighty-four points better than average. So they've earned eighty-four more points with their shooting than if they just had an average player take taking every shot. Damian Lillard is plus ninety four. So if you took Damian Lillard off the Portland Trailblazers, they would literally be below average in their scoring we're with him they become one of the better offensive teams in the league dame is keeping this team afloat like crazy right now and but then you dig into stuff like carmelo anthony has played 1500 minutes this year Enos kanter has played 1500 minutes this year like i just think this team is too far gone for you to be able to build a competent real contending roster around dame in even the next 2 3 years And by that time, he's 33. Like we were talking on the Primes pod, Brett, like Dame, I don't think Dame is out of his prime, but he's never going to be better than he is last season, this season, or, you know, the last couple seasons. Like this is it. This is Dame at his absolute best. And it's only probably going to go downhill from here. But if you want to trade him, there's, you know, basically every team in the league, apart from like, even the Golden State Warriors would take... Dame they would trade everything apart from Steph to get a player like Dame so there's not a team you couldn't trade him to and you couldn't get back you know the James Harden load the Anthony Davis whoa, the Paul George the James load. Harden
0: load I don't know man I the James I
1: Harden loads uh, well oh. ask, ask the strip clubs in, in uh, Brooklyn what they think about that they'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> I mean but, yeah, go, yeah. Go.
2: I, I, no I mean I just think like, I hear what you're saying and I, and I agree. And we did talk about that on that episode where it's like, he's probably never going to be better than he is right now. Um, but I think his decline could be very gradual. To you know, kind of like mm-hmm. we said, he could still be an all NBA player, you know, two, three, even four years from now. Um, just with the way these guys are aging now, it's it's just a lot different. So I think if you could plan two years out, you know, to have a contending team with Dame as its centerpiece, I think that's, totally fine. Obviously, you know, you can't take like a four or five year approach, you know, but maybe not next season, but the season after you get things together. Um, like I said, all these guys are going to be free agents and, and, you know, you bring some of them back, obviously the ones that work uh, whether that's Derek Jones jr. Um, I mean, I think Nurkic for sure should be there long-term. Like I think N- Nurkic is, he's still very young. I think he's only 26 and um, yeah. you know, he's had some, some in bad injury luck. And I think, I feel like next season, Nurkic is going to be fantastic. So I think you get Nurkic Dame. Um, I just think CJ's the guy you got to move. I just think everything comes down to that. And, and I think that sort of caps their ceiling, having that backcourt where neither one of them is a particularly good defender. They're both kind of small. They're both kind of just high volume players. And I mean, I just I think it's kind of common sense that they're not an ideal fit. Um, and they've been together for a long time now. You know what? Uh, seven, eight years, I think now. So it's like it's not like we haven't tried, um, but we got to do something. Now, if if the Blazers finish this season super strong and go on a playoff run and make the Western Conference Finals again, I I take all this back. I'll probably want to run it. I'm back, gonna but...
0: shit talk the hell out of Jacob. <laughs> So I mean, you know, per, per usual, I mean that'll happen. But hey, fellas, you know what isn't per usual? So um as we were kind of talking about before the podcast i had a bunch of yard work to do this weekend so i did uh yesterday woke up took a shower everything was fine well um this morning um took a shower and i was a little bit rushed and you know what i didn't get a chance to do for the first time in about uh, almost two months i did not put on the manscape ball order on and i can tell you right now Big 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 mistake. Uh the 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 it's 85 degrees here. The chafe is real. Um it is very, very uncomfortable. Uh very, very uncomfortable. And it's just it's not something that I ever want to do again. I was even my wife and I had to go to Costco today, and I was she was like, What are you doing? I'm like, dude, it, it just does not feel good down there. And she was like, Why? I was like, this is, a, this is the first time I haven't used the, uh, the the Manscaped ball deodorant. This isn't good. And she was like, Well, what were you thinking? I go, I wasn't. <laughs> i wasn't thinking you know everyone that's listening should do think about it all all the dudes here that listen to this podcast i'm telling you the ball deodorant from manscape is unbelievable as well as the trimmer that they get you can go to manscape.com and type in promo code overstated you get 20 off and you get free shipping you're not going to find too many deals that are better than that seriously go to manscape promo code overstated get the trimmer but more importantly I'm telling you I say this almost every podcast get the ball deodorant your balls will thank you I'm telling you you'll you'll smell good you won't have that nasty sweaty feeling down there it'll it's a, it's a very it's a, it's, a, it's a pleasant smell and it's a pleasant feeling believe me I'm I'm hurting right now I almost want to do you know tea, tea, time out I need someone to get tagged <laughs> in cuz it's uh it is uh it is, it is not uh not fun but hey um let's uh Let's move on and go into the Eastern Conference. And it was crazy. Jacob, I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts because I thought there we were going to look at this. And for me personally, when you first kind of had this idea a couple days ago, I thought there was going to be a lot of teams in the East that I was going to say that should blow it up. And then you kind of look at it. You know, Brooklyn, obviously not. Philly, no. Milwaukee, no. They're locked into their core. The Knicks, who are the four seed right now, they're not going to blow it up. Uh, Atlanta, no. Boston, definitely not. Miami's not going to Charlotte. You know they just have. I mean, who we think uh, prior to an injury should have been the rookie of the year in Lamelo Ball. And I don't know if anybody saw that pass on Saturday yeah. night. I, I've watched oh, it ten well. times and I still have no idea how he did that. So I mean, Charlotte has a has a budding star. Um, <laughs> Chicago, we talked about. I, they have you know Levine. They're not. They're not really going to blow it up, especially with the trade that they made. Uh, excuse me with with Orlando. So it kind of looks like it's a couple teams. And, and Jacob, why don't you kind of get us started here? I mean, obviously, you know, the three remaining teams who I'm thinking of is, is Indiana, Washington and Toronto. Um, why don't you start kind of wherever you want to start? But those three teams, to me, at least, and I'm curious to get your thoughts, seem like the the most uh, potential teams that should blow it up.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the ones we were talking about for the podcast. And like you say, this is kind of the East is divided similar to the West in that, a lot. There aren't that many teams that are in this purgatory right now. Even when we look at the West, you know, Portland. We just discussed they still have Dame. They still have one of the ten maybe best players in the league. Like, and then you look at the the East, and you've got all these teams like the top six, top seven. Absolutely no way. Charlotte, young team on the rise. Bulls just made a go for it trade. Then we got the bottom feeders. There's not a lot of teams that really occupy this. This kind of purgatory space that we used to talk about so much these these teams that are, maybe they get the ninth seed, maybe they get the eighth seed like Detroit um kind of the last few years, shout out to Molly, but Detroit for the last like five years who who were probably this team now teams like that don't really exist anymore, like Toronto, I think they're the eastern version of what we we're talking about in San Antonio where yeah they're having a bad year yeah, maybe they'll look to trade one or two of their core. I mean, Kyle Lowry's leaving, so it's going to be a new era in Toronto. But this team is just too well coached to be like downright awful. And this team has still a lot of talented young players. It's still got OG, who is 23 and is quietly, you know, he's having his best season, but quietly you know creeping up one of the best wing defenders in the league his offensive games coming around you got van vliet and siakam maybe one of those gets traded you know they've got um chris boucher who is way older than i thought he was i thought he was (laughs) like 24 and he's 28 (laughs) and yeah they got you know but they're this team that they like san antonio they find diamonds in the rough they build these teams they develop these squads and they're so well coached with nick nurse who maybe is the best coach in the league you might not think that right now but he's definitely up there I love not, how you just said that you might not think so right now but let me tell you why you're right let me tell you let me tell you America why you're wrong in a British accent <laughs> like I, I don't I don't think they can really blow it up I think like we were saying with San Antonio they are going to either trade for a star like they did with Kawhi like you know that has kind of been confirmation for them that they can do this. They have a good team around them. As long as they keep like, imagine they traded for Beal, and but they still had like Van Vliet and OG and their other young players. Like they traded Siakam, a load of picks and a couple young players for Beal. Like that team would be good. That team would be awesome. I just, yeah, I I think this team is more in that mode where. We're gonna to look to try to get a really good player with the 18th pick and develop that really good player. Right now, I'm not sure what pick they're slated to get. Is it a top mm, 10 pick? It, it might be a top 10 pick. It's probably right around there. I can check the standings real quick. Yeah, like
2: I was saying before the pod, I mean, this is this is probably about as bad as that team could possibly be. Well,
0: again, though, uh, but I mean, I could, think we have to take into effect. But yeah.
2: I don't mean to cut you off. Again, I don't
0: think it can be. overstated enough that they're they're playing thousands of miles away from from home Mm
2: -hmm. yeah yeah no that's it's certain that's certainly a big factor that's kind of what I mean like just because of these circumstances because of the fact that they're playing in Tampa Florida and because they've had a lot of injuries and a lot of missed time from some of their key guys this year you know whether that's Lowry or or Ananobi um they've they've had a lot of guys missed time so yeah I just think with this collection of talent and that coach, like I can't imagine them ever being worse than this. So I can't imagine them bottoming out either Jacob. And yeah, right now they're in position for a top 10 pick. I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's the direction they're going. I I mean, I don't want to say they've totally given up on a play in, but they might have, uh, they're like three games back of the 10 seed right now. And Mm -hmm. they've only got, uh, what, like eight games left in the season. So, you know, and the Wizards have been playing well. I don't know that they're. I don't think it's it's going to be really tough for them to catch the Wizards. So, yeah, man, I think I think next season they're a playoff team, and I think they know that. And um, is going to keep getting better. Van Vleet still got room to improve. Siakam, kind of a late bloomer, might maybe not improve, but um, just sort of learn more who he is as a player. And I agree. Like if they were going to make a trade, maybe he's the guy you look to move. But um, yeah, I don't see them. Doing anything too drastic. I think they've got their core and um and they're just gonna move forward with it and probably just write this off as a lost year and
1: and hopefully land something nice in the draft. I was just um I was just looking like like as you said, they're looking at a top ten pick. They're looking right now at the eighth pick, and that puts them right in line to maybe not get someone but someone like Kuminga, Jalen Johnson, Scotty Barnes, Keon Johnson. Those are the type of guys in that range. And I'm like, if they got someone like that, that's like the best prospect to come into Toronto since DeMar DeRozan, Chris Bosh. Like they haven't had any prospect, I don't think that good, come into their building in a decade, realistically. So maybe they trust themselves that they can take a top 10 talent, a legitimate top 10 talent in a loaded uh, top of the draft and turn that guy into a real star because they've done it with og the 23rd pick the 27th pick in siakam like they've done this multiple times they take yeah yeah, van
0: vliet who was undrafted sorry sorry
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no man i'm with you man i i agree i just i think that's that's what they're gonna do man it's just like okay this season was just a disaster uh in in many ways and um and, and we're just gonna we're just gonna Put it behind yeah. us and move on. And I, I really do think they're like, you know, they they walk into next season as a top eight team in the East for sure. I do too. Uh, so, I definitely do, and is.
0: I I agree with you, Jacob. As much as I like to uh, give you shit, I, I do think Nick Nurse is it, it, he's either top two or the or the best coach in the NBA. He's
2: in the and top I, tier. I think we just need to look at these things in terms of like tiers, especially coaches, because as we've talked about, it's it's so hard to evaluate, especially if you're not coming from a coaching background. So it's like he's in the top tier, right? Like yeah. maybe you have a four coach tier at the top. And and yeah, he's for sure in there, but it's like, who am I to say, you know, if he's a better coach than, I don't know, Rick Carlisle,
1: oh, like Tom, Blake Tom Griffin. Thibodeau. Thib, yeah. hey, don't <laughs> Thib. Thib. I will not
0: stand for the fifth slander. Do not No, that. I
1: actually, Dibs no. has, has helped me kind of readjust how I think like, I really am coming around to the idea. Coaching is just like players. It's circumstantial. Like you need to put coaches in the right circumstances with the right team, the right infrastructure around them, and they—I mean, Frank Vogel, Indiana, yeah. amazing. Orlando, tire fire. L.A., amazing. Even without LeBron and AD, still one of the best defenses. It's just you look know, at Nate
2: McMillan, like yeah. Nate McMillan. Um, you know, on the Pacers, just uh, you know, nothing special. Blazers, nothing special. Get him on the Hawks, and it's like, oh, th- that's the fit. That's yeah. that's what makes sense for him. That's the right situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm coming around. Like maybe you know Minnesota. Tibbs well, colored my perspective on well, and then he it, gets in New York and it works.
0: I was gonna say, man, Tibbs in Minnesota though, I mean, oh Drew Holiday. I fucking love him, dude. I got I love him. Just to let seven and a half minutes left, one one ninety six. Let's go, baby. But you put Sibs everywhere he goes, man. I mean, you know, he had Chicago in contention. Derek Rose uh, has that, you know, obviously his career got derailed with his knees. But they always play tough. And you look at Minnesota, he got Jimmy Butler and he kinda had the team he wanted and yeah, I think that's where Carl Anthony Towns was was at his best when he was second fiddle. And like like we said, we've talked about ad nauseum, before Jimmy Butler got hurt in the second half of the season, you know, they were the second or third seed in the, in the West. Like, they were really, really good. And obviously, Jimmy Butler and, you know, all that drama that happens afterwards. But I, I, I do, I just think Tibbs is a really good coach. But let, let's move on to kind of the two last teams. I can't believe... We've made it this far without uh, hearing our Washington Wizards Bradley Beal rumor. But, um, you know, we're going to make you <laughs> wait uh, probably the next five to six minutes because Indiana is an interesting one. Right. So they get out. They get uh, Malcolm Brogdon last year uh, and already at the trade deadline. There were rumors that they were going to trade him. Um, as Brett alluded to earlier, they, they hired uh, or they fired Nate McMillan. It just seems like this team, just based on reports that we're hearing, and again, I, we don't have to believe every report, but usually where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. It just seems like there's something off about that entire team, obviously with the Victor Oladipo thing. So I mean, Brett, what what are your kind of thoughts on Indiana and what and do they blow it up? Do they not blow it up? What do what do they do?
2: Hmm. It's like this one's tough because it's like what are they blowing up? Like, do they have an identity? You know, I almost feel like for a team to blow it up, they sort of have, have to have something to blow up. Indiana just has like a lot of players and a lot of them are <laughs> pretty good. You know, if, if you look down the roster, I mean, they've got some nice pieces. So it's like, uh, I don't know. I think it's more of like, again, just kind of like a reshaping thing. I mean, I don't, I don't think you want to give up all these guys. I think uh, Karis Levert has looked great since he's been back um, he finally looks sort of healthy and up to speed and I think he's really going to add something to that team uh, in the long term he's still pretty young um, and then Sabonis and Turner that's always the question with this team I think they're definitely willing to to move one of those guys as we saw with the the Gordon Hayward thing like they're very willing to do it and I think that's probably what's going to happen and that's kind of just a played out thing to say because I feel like we've talked about this so much just like which one are they going to move and and I don't – Sabonis is, is a fantastic player. But if we're just looking at um, sort of like the fit with what they want to do going forward, maybe Turner would be a better fit if you feel like you have to choose between the two of them. And also you could probably get more uh, in exchange for Sabonis in a trade. So maybe he's the guy you look to move. But I really think – look, I mean, you're pretty set at point guard with Brogdon and Lavert. You know, that's your backcourt. And then TJ Warren, like we were talking about him before the pod – um, you know, he has this great run in the bubble, like, and, and everyone's wondering, you know, is it a fluke? Uh, Cause he had never really done that before. He'd always been solid, but not like that. And then he gets hurt at the very beginning of this season, uh, missing the whole year. And it's like, now, you know, he was going to probably set out to try to prove that it wasn't a fluke and he didn't have that opportunity. So just in terms of like um, trade pieces and trade potential, they sort of took a hit with With Warren. But man, like even when you look at guys like TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, O'Shea Brissett, who uh, they signed recently, uh, I mean, they're a deep team. You know, the Holiday Brothers, Goga, I mean, they really are. So I don't know, man. I think they could be pretty damn good. I say trade one of the bigs and just reshape the roster a little bit. But I think they're another one of those teams that just needs to be kind of fully healthy and all together you know, for a decent amount of time so they can be cohesive. And and I think they're going to be pretty damn good too. So I don't see them blowing it up. I see them maybe making a big trade, but they have so many good players that it still wouldn't feel like a blow up, even if they traded. What do you uh, think Doha. of
1: Jacob? Yeah, I I basically agree. Like they could in theory blow up this team because they have, they have a good player basically at every position, like Brogdon, McConnell, LeVert, Warren, sabonis turner dougie mcbuckets like goga the holidays like like brett said they have they got a load of good players and you could probably trade most of those guys you could probably get like a first round pick for do you want to do that do you want to blow up this roster and then look down at your asset your war chest and be like "Woo, we got four first like late first round picks for what is like a solid roster of players I don't think that's really a good idea. Like this is like, yeah, trade one of Sabonis and Turner. I have no idea which, like the way I think about them is kind of, if I had to choose someone to be the best player on my team out of them, I think I would choose Sabonis. But if I had to choose a player for my team, I think I would choose Turner in terms of like fitting around my other players. Like Sabonis is kind of like an offensive hub but not like an elite one. So does he cap you on that end? I don't think I would want him to be my best player. I think we're kind of seeing what happens when Demantis Sabonis is your best player. And I'm not a big fan, and I don't think a lot of Indiana fans are big fans it's a little of what's like happening. Vooch. A little like yeah.
2: Vooch in Orlando, in a sense. I mean, I think Sabonis is you know, probably a better player. They're certainly in the same tier, but they are kind of that same offensive hub where if they're on your team, like everything's going to run through them. Because they are excellent offensive players but like and now that you've got lavert there who's just this you know he's just so fantastic going to the rim and like does sabonis maybe clog that up a little bit does he can you not really optimize lavert if he's there um whereas miles turner again probably not the level of player that sabonis is but he's a guy that can stretch the floor a little better and just kind of stay out of the way if you want to you know have guys like say tj warren and lavert and brogdon um attacking so yeah i mean i think it's just been talked about i'm like bored just talking about it because it's like we've gone over this yeah, so many times is, like which one of the bigs do you trade and it's like been i feel like it's been going on for like four years now i don't know maybe three but
1: yeah, this, this yeah is, i mean
2: or this, like you said though man they do they have so many good players that maybe you know you could probably they could probably put together a hell of a package like if they wanted to bring back a megastar, like a superstar, like a top 12 player. Like if there was somebody available, you could put together a damn good package for them with all those guys. So that would be, that would be the blow up, but I don't see them doing that. I see them moving the one, one guy and they have so many, they're so solid everywhere else that um, you, you still got the bulk mm-hmm. of your team.
1: Yeah. But like, it. yeah. Like um, imagine, you know, trading one of the bigs like Sabonis plus Brogdon plus a load of first round picks plus a one of one or two or even three of their good young players like O'Shea, O'Shea uh, Brissett guys like that throw that all together that's a high level package that you could throw at like an elite like a Bradley Beal type that we'll get on next and that is like and you're not losing anything because like we say they they kind of need to trade one of their bigs and with Brogdon you're replacing a guard for a guard so you Didn't lose a huge amount, you just gave up a load of picks that were probably going to be like 15th picks to begin with for Bradley Beal. So yeah, that's what I think they should do. Similar to what we were saying with Toronto, San Antonio, you've got a solid team and you probably couldn't get a huge amount for it because you don't have a megastar like Dame or like a Beal. Just tread water and be in the running when the next megastar is unhappy because it's not if they're going to be unhappy, it's when is the next megastar? When is Bradley Beal or Carl Anthony Towns or Damian Lillard? When are they going to get too unhappy? Oh, so just,
0: just Carl Anthony Towns in that Damian
1: Lillard category. Wow. Wow. I had to, I'm just, I'm just thinking
2: great, great players like, on bad teams. Like, like how Miami got Jimmy Butler, like they were sort of treading water. They kind of had some nice pieces They you know, they had a culture and then you add Jimmy Butler to that team and, and they go to the finals. Like, um, so you know it could be sort of a situation like that where yeah you just you just keep things solid you keep moving in a positive direction and and yeah you just keep yourself in a position to land a big fish when he becomes available.
0: Well, let's talk about kind of the final team. And I joked before we got into the Eastern Conference segment that. We haven't really talked about too much Bradley Beal after kind of being dominated about trade rumors and things like that. Um, Washington is – they're 8-2 they're in their last 10, and they've been, they've been red hot lately, you know, behind Westbrook and, and Bradley Beal. But I think um, any regular fan knows that that's uh, probably not sustainable. So, I mean, what – I mean, this offseason, do the Wizards finally trade Bradley Beal? I mean, the GM and the owner keep coming out and saying they're not going to. What, what do you think?
2: Uh, man, I, I don't think they should, and I kind of don't think they will. Like He seems to want to be there. Uh, he and Westbrook are, I think, under contract the next two years, and they're playing really well, like you said. Uh, I think they've found a level of chemistry. They've both spoken very highly recently about playing with one another. They're going to have Thomas Bryant coming back next year. They've got Daniel Gafford, who's like a hidden gem that they just kind of like found money for them. I mean, I don't even think his contract's fully guaranteed the next two years, although I'm sure it will be soon, you know, and then you've got, um, you've got Davis Bertans under contract for a few more years. You've got Rui Hachimura rapidly improving, you know, like you've got some pieces, you've got Denny Avdia, like, so you've got these really nice, like three fours, you've got that Hall of Fame backcourt, and then you've got a really nice big man rotation and, and an elite shooter in Davis Bertons. I I have to think they believe they could be pretty fucking good next season. Uh as you know, they're a sub five hundred team. They're probably a playing team right now. They were really rough to start the year, but they're looking like a legitimately good team. And I think they think they can do that going forward. I mean, Russ has been great. Like, he's not you know, he hasn't declined nearly as much as anyone thought. I mean, we've talked about this like athletically. I don't know if he's declined at all. I mean, he's been great, and I think he still will be next season. So um, I, I don't think they're going to trade any of those guys. I think this is going to be the squad next season, you know, with with those guys, with Thomas Bryant coming back healthy, um, Avdia coming back healthy. They're going to be they're going to be good. I think they might be a playoff
1: team. Ooh, you know, what like, do you
0: think, Jacob? What do you think, Jacob? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I I'm I'm inclined unfortunately to agree with Brett here like this team especially this last 15 I mean I was shocked kind of researching for this they went over their first 49 games they were 17 and 32 over their last 15 they're 12 and 3 so they've whatever like they've caught lightning in a bottle and I know Brett you've been super high on Daniel Gafford and he does look Awesome for them. Like he has unlocked like vertical spacing for them and he looks really good. And like you say, Roy Hachimura, I'm not a big fan of him, but he is absolutely improving. And I can now, the first couple years, I don't think I could see a path for Roy becoming a good player, but he's 22 years old and he is rapidly improving. Like you say, Denny's 20, he's improving. Thomas Bryant sl- quietly could be like. You know the next kind of breakout. Like I don't think people are talking enough about how Thomas Bryant could just like his stretching the five position is like un- unheard of. Like he's shooting like forty percent. It's like Carl Anthony Towns level of shooting at the five. And yeah. if he can if he can stay healthy with Westbrook and Beal attacking the rim, it's like that is gonna be one of the elite offenses in the game. You just need to start putting defensive pieces around Beal and Westbrook because I have no doubt Beal believes that he can be the best player on a championship team. I don't I don't know if I believe it, but that's, that's not important. Beal believes it, I reckon. So, like, I yeah, I don't think he wants to go. I don't think Washington wants to trade him because they could have done it for the last two years. They could have traded him right. and gotten a haul. Like, why? Yeah, I don't think they're going to do it now.
2: No, and I think, you know, and the – I think that last 15 games um, that you talked about is what has really changed everything because if they had kept going on the rate they were going, you know, the first 49 games or whatever, like, okay, that's a different story. Like maybe then we talk about blowing it up, but because of how well they've played, because of the fact that they've got a real shot at the playoffs now. uh, And then you think about the guys coming back from injury and just the pleasant surprise that Gafford has been like all these things. It's like, okay, Let's let's see let's see where we can go here. Like we we have something, and um, I I see no reason why they can't pick it up next season.
0: I like it, guys. I like it. Just let everyone know 113107. 113, 107. bucks bucks by six bucks by Hashtag six bucks and by, and by I, six. I, I gotta I gotta <laughs> say something too, man. Um, I'm with Molly Hunter. You know, uh, Blake Griffin definitely quit on the Pistons. I've seen his head get above the rim multiple times now. Um, for real, <laughs> yeah, for real, for real.
1: That's- for That's real, I'm, I'm,
0: I'm hashtag Team Molly on this one.
1: <laughs> Damn, Blake pulling a Kevin Love on the Pistons.
0: Oh, don't worry, dude. Giannis Giannis just went and fucking I mean, he didn't yam on him, but dude, he just did some freakish thing. I'm standing up right now. If you guys can't tell, I'm really into this game. So I mean, so yeah. <laughs> I did um, not know
2: you were standing up? No, I could not. Tell. I know.
0: I don't like this video thing. This this was this was my fault. While there's no video today, guys, I, I had to uh, I had to actually record from home and not uh, in my mom's basement. So, but but with that, um, you know. This was, this was a good pod. I liked it. This, this, was, uh, this was a lot of fun. We recorded a little bit later. But uh, that's going to do it for myself. Um, As usual, you know, I texted Derek. Uh, he said he was going to be on. Um, we got it all set up. And then he went to a wedding last night and got super drunk. He cut his face. He's hungover. And he's just been <laughs> ghosting me. So, you know, maybe next time we'll have him on. But, yeah. Uh, for that, we'll try again next week. I know the people have been demanding it, but uh, I don't know, man. This guy, he, you know, he's got two first names, so I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell everybody. So we will. Uh, for myself, Brett, and Jacob, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Uh, Bucks and six. Peace.